Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Lux Wines, importer of fine wines, bringing you exceptional wines from esteemed winemaking families. Allegrini, Argiano, Yerman, Piero Pan, Poggio al Tesoro, Renato Ratti, and Tornatore. Find out more at luxwines.com. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Barbara Whitmer of the Brancaia Winery in Chianti Classica. Welcome, Barbara. Hi, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it won't last long, don't worry. We won't be here long. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Thanks, Barbara. That was a great interview. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> really, you know Chianti Classica in, like, in, in four nanoseconds. Really, really impressed. Really, have a nice journey. Okay, so tell me a little about the, the history of Brancaia. It's your family winery. Uh, Brancaia is owned by my family. Um, may you can hear it, you can't see it, but I'm doesn't look and sound very Italian. I'm Swiss. I grew up in in Zurich and uh, a bit more than 40 years ago my parents had the great idea to go to Tuscany for Christmas holiday and you may can imagine it was easy for them to fall in love with the region with the people uh, and of course also with the food and wine so during this Christmas holiday they created the wish and the dream to have a holiday house uh, in Tuscany uh, a holiday house not the winery and so they looked around they found the house on a on a soft hill and uh, a Around this hill there were some acres of vineyards and uh, instead of just having a holiday house they became the proud owner of a small winery. Which uh, comune or commune are we talking about in Chianti Classico? Brancaia belongs to Castellina in Chianti. Castellina in Chianti. Yeah. So that is which part of Chianti Classico? In the west, east, north, south? That's really pretty much between Florence and Siena in the middle. It's it's slightly closer to Siena. So for just to give you an idea, by car it would be like uh, 40 minutes a uh, car drive from uh, Florence and the 30 from Siena. Okay, your parents still around? They are still around, uh, but uh, they never ever really became winemakers. So uh, it was for them uh, a very uh, interesting and, and, and serious hobby, but the hobby and the hobby just increased uh, more and more and uh, and more than 25 years ago I decided myself to study winemaking and moved to Tuscany a bit more than 20 years ago so uh, where did you study winemaking then? I studied in Switzerland okay and so you're an oenologist I am and do you work for obviously you work for the family winery but do you work for other wineries as well only only as a, as a, as a small stage before my studies so I was uh, for one year in the French part of uh, Switzerland and I worked there but uh, after university I moved to Tuscany and I took over the production of the family estate. So what was your first vintage with you in charge? 98. And be honest, how, how long did you did you, did you you think you, your first vintage, you got it right immediately or was there like a period of you, a growing period, a learning period where you got more and more comfortable with both with the estate and the winemaking, the whole thing? Well, first of all, I do believe that uh, winemaking is always a learning process. So there's always something to learn and to improve. But it goes without saying as more vintages you have, more experience you have, more ideas and, and, and you feel more comfortable with the decisions you have to take because you have to take a lot of decisions. Very often you don't have so much time to rethink and reanalyze. So it's it's a lot of, it's important and crucial to study winemaking, but 
it's uh, important and crucial to believe in, in what you feel. So a lot of decisions we are taking are stomach decisions. That's also why I may would call, especially if you want to make high quality wine, it's more philosophy than science. Okay, let's run through um, your Chianti Classico range. What, what, what wines have you got? What are they called? We have, uh, as Chianti Classico, we have a Chianti Classico Anata and we have a Reserva. Um, so they're both called just Brancaia, basically? Yeah, our label is always the same. So we you have a square and in the middle of the square you have the name of the winery and then we just add subtitles if you want so. And with the Chianti Classico Anata and the Reserva, we want actually to show you the two extreme you can do today in the Chianti Classico region. So is the blend the same? Is it always 100% Sangiovese or is it Sangiovese with Tuscan grapes or Bordeaux grapes, for it's example? It's the Anata, so the, let's say, entry-level Chianti Classico. It's 100% Sangiovese, so that's quite new, actually, in the Chianti Classico. Chianti Classico traditionally was always a blend, and today you can make 100% Sangiovese and call it Chianti Classico. And it's, uh, uh, this wine is without oak, so it's very fresh, very fruit-driven, straightforward, uh, only Sangiovese, and it matures in concrete and stainless steel. Totally the opposite to our Reserva, where we want to show the complexity and the elegance of the Sangiovese. So the Reserva, we do 80% Sangiovese, which is today the minimum of what you need in a County Classico, and we add a 20% Merlot. And it ages actually for 16 months in small barrels. So we go from one very clean, fresh, fruity wine to a very complex and full-body wine. But your wine, even though it is quote oaky, it's not like over-oaked, it's uh, integrated. That's Brancaia style. We always are keen to find a well-balanced, so nothing should be dominated. And especially the Sanchovese, if I do compare with how we worked uh, in the previous year, we used for the Sanchovese, or for all our wines, Baric, which are the smallest, let's say, wood barrels. And today we mainly use Tonon, which is still very small. I'm bad in gallons, but in liters, a Baric is 225 liter and the Tonon is 500 liters. So Tonon is a bit more than the double, small, but it really is, from my point of view, the right shape for Sanchevese. You will want to add something, you don't want to kill something. Sure. So that trend of uh, maybe toning down the oak slightly is, is kind of apparent in Chianti Classic and the fact that you touched on that you make 100% Sanchevese as well. That also seems to be a trend in, in Chianti Classico. Do you think that's good or unambitious or too traditional? Or? You know, winemaking in the most wine region, from my point of view, is something quite modern. We are actually in a, in a very exciting moment of the world. We can bring outstanding wines from all over the world, which was not uh, common 40 years ago. So whatever we have today in a bottle or in a glass in front of us is something quite new. It's true that the County Classico as a region is a very old wine region with a very old wine tradition. But the wine tradition in this region, as in most of the other wine region, was producing a, a easy everyday wine, which was not supposed to be elegant and complex and uh, was not supposed to age for 20 or 30 years. So most wines we do have today are not in a classical way old-fashioned. They are modern because they are clean, they are done with ripe grapes, without failures. So for me, the focus is doing a wine with the perfect ripe grape uh, which matures at the spot where, where I am in the best possible way and there it's crucial to respect and understand nature. 
So in terms of let's talk about food and wine, that's okay. Mm-hmm. What are some suggestions with your Swiss hat on and then with your Tuscan hat on for Chianti Classico, maybe 100%, 100% Sangiovese Chianti Classico? With, uh, with our Chianti Classico 100% Sangiovese, you have a, a slightly higher acidity. Besides that, Brancaia wines do have always uh, a clear acidity. I think acidity uh, is important for a wine. It gives a backbone and I, I personally enjoy wine always with some food even if it's just a piece of cheese and to have a perfect fit fit food you need some acidity but anyhow Donato does have a little bit more acidity it's a bit fresher so in the summer you also can actually drink it a bit cooler and as it is so fresh and light it goes with the tomato sauce pasta as with uh, also a a grilled fish actually it goes very well with many dishes easy drinking and as I just mentioned easily also a bit cooler than what may uh, a sommelier would recommend. Sangiovese with grilled fish, that's a good one. And for the Reserva? Reserva is, is more complex, more deeper. So for me personally, already a bit more an evening wine than probably a lunch wine. My my favorite uh, fit uh, would probably be a bistecca. But uh, it's, uh, there are wines which are very strongly linked to the terroir, so to the region, but they go easily with all kinds of food. So you don't really need to make uh, Italian food if you're not feel like. Sure. What plans have you got for the future as a family? Well, one one focus we we have since since beginning is never ever making any kind of compromising quality. In the meanwhile, I was uh, happy enough to find out that this rule goes extremely well with the maximum respect to nature. So all our wines are natural fermentation, and and uh, so we have a lot of tiny and bigger steps to improve this, and we will follow this. And as a mother of two teenagers, it goes without saying that I will. Hope Hope that this business will remain in our family. Okay, that's quite a strong statement. Not easy though, is it, to keep it in the family? Do your kids get on with each other? So far. Yeah, how old are they? They are uh, 15 and 17. That's interesting. Mine's 10. We've only got one, so uh, so we're difficult with that sort of family relationship. Well, let's hope it does um, stay in the family. Now, I have also two brothers with kids, so uh, we are convinced that it would be great uh, if, if, if this is part of our family. And uh, But uh, you need luck and uh, they have to take their own decision. Winemaking is a, a beautiful job. It's a challenging job, but it's also a tough job and it's not romantic. It's really a lot of work and, and whoever is doing it needs to be uh, convinced that this is what she or he wants to do. What was the biggest lesson your father, your father Bruno, taught you? Uh, belief in yourself. As a, as, as just as a human or as a, as a woman in wine? There is a bit of a difference, isn't there? I think he teached me this as, as a person. You know, I, I grew up in Switzerland I have two older brothers and my father always showed me that I can do whatever I want to do. So today that seems probably totally normal. At that time, uh, I would say he was probably quite modern. So there was never ever discussion if I can do something or I have to do something different. And he supported me in everything uh, all the time. So I I never had the feeling that, that I don't have the same options as my brothers. Great. That's pretty far forward thinking, I guess, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And that's a nice little family note to end on. Uh, I want to say thanks to my guest today, Barbara Widmer, CEO of Barangaya. I see that sounds a bit corporate, doesn't it? I just say Barbara yeah, Widmer yeah, from the Widmer, the Widmer family of Barangaya in, uh, in Canti Classico. 
thanks very much for coming on the Italian Wine Podcast. Moti, thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, well, they won't happen again. So. Uh, well, why not? Uh, probably next time in Tuscany at the Wine Estate. Yeah, no, I should come and visit you. Actually, yeah, yeah. We actually we like having people at the estate. That's, do, you know, uh, do you know one of the most one of the photos that I most come across is a picture of you with your arms outstretched and your chin <laughs> on your wrist. Okay. I think <laughs> I think I've seen that more more time. I picture more times in more places across the world than any other wine picture okay, honestly okay it's well, stri- striking i mean you're a very striking lady to the photograph <laughs> no no I mean, you're a striking lady and uh, and i just i don't know it's, i don't know why, it's, why that why that picture seems to follow me uh, wherever <laughs> i go so i kind of like the night before last night oh, i'm going to be barbara tomorrow and i just had this picture in my mind i thought now what am i going to say you know am i going to be completely phased out by you and uh, oh. and in fact it's all gone i think like a dream i mean our audiences will probably drop for this podcast as i'm waffling on as usual but um no it's lovely to see you it's great um, being here and i hope to see you in kenti classica yeah you should come it's a great great place to go and to visit thanks thank you this podcast has been brought to you by lux wines importer of fine wines bringing you exceptional wines from esteemed winemaking families allegrini arjano yerman piero pan poggio al tesoro Renato Ratti and Tornatore. Find out more at luxwines.com. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.